One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 199. First of all, can you even believe that we are just one episode away from episode 200 of this podcast? It blows my mind, and I am so, so, so looking forward to celebrating with you here next week. Today is an important episode because it's about one of the most important topics we could ever cover here, and that is this, getting stuff done. After all, we can have all of the big, bright ideas in the world, but if we are not actively executing on them, it doesn't matter. Our ideas alone can't change our lives and change the world if we don't take the action to make them a reality. But how do we actually get stuff done? So there's going to be a couple types of people listening to this episode. First, there are going to be those of you who are kind of surprised by this topic because how to get things done is just an obvious, relatively easy thing for you to do. You make a plan, you check things off your list, you cross it off. There's very little to it. And then there's the other group of people. This is the group that I personally fall into. And from what I know about my audience, a lot, if not most of you fit into the second category too. And that is people who in some way struggle with getting stuff done. This shows up in a lot of different ways. It might look like procrastination, where there are things on our list, the big important things that we know can change the game for us, and they just stay on our to-do list week after week, month after month, even year after year. Or you might struggle with consistency, where there are things that you know you want to be doing repeatedly every week, even every day, but you're just not doing them. You might struggle with overwhelm, where there's so much that you've put on your plate where you don't even know how to start and you decide to just go zone out on social media to avoid that feeling of discomfort. There are so many things that might be stopping us from getting stuff done. But let me tell you one thing right off the bat. The reason we're not getting stuff done is not because we're lazy or incompetent. I mean, look, you're spending your valuable time listening to a business podcast about productivity. You are a motivated, big-hearted person who genuinely wants to be crossing these things off your list. There's just something in your way. I'm recording this episode because I've been there, done that too many times to count. I am a lifelong procrastinator and perfectionist. I doubt myself. I worry about being judged. I get overwhelmed. Trust me, I've come a long way on all of these things, but I still struggle. As you know, I'm a marketing expert. Marketing is my thing, and it has been my entire career, meaning that I've been doing it for almost 15 years in some fashion or another. That is really where my zone of genius is. Being on task, focused, and productive is unfortunately not my natural zone of genius. It's something that I've really struggled with. It's something that I've gotten a lot better at over the years, and that I've come to understand has a lot to do with how my particular brain works as someone who has struggled with a long-time diagnosis of OCD, occasional depression, and was recently also diagnosed with ADHD. So in many ways, I'm fighting against the current of how my brain works. 
But so often what we struggle with actually becomes a bit of a superpower because we expend so much time and energy trying to overcome that struggle that somewhere along the way we get good at it. We've tried all the things, we failed a lot, but hopefully we found some things that work. And that's where I am with productivity and time management. They don't come naturally to me, but over the years I've experimented quite a bit and picked out some tools and strategies that really do work. And that's what I want to share with you today. So to start off this episode, let's talk about why time management is so important. Well, it comes out to one super, super simple thing. Our time is precious. It is a completely non-renewable resource. When we use a minute or an hour up, we never get it back. I don't say this to mean that we need to be going hard, maximizing every second of every day. That's not my style either. No, I want you to spend that extra time sleeping, resting, reading, doing your hobbies, spending time with your kids or your puppy or your parents. My wish for myself and for all of us really is that we get intentional about how we spend our time, that we spend our precious minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years doing things that we want to be doing either because they bring us joy, because they are important activities to set us up for fulfillment in the future, or both. The goal is not perfection here, as we'll talk about. It's just to get more conscious about how we're spending our time and deciding how we want to use that time. There's a great book on this topic of time. It's called 168 Hours, and it's by Laura Vanderkam. We actually did an episode of Making Good Book Club here on the podcast. You can check that out in the show notes. But the point is, again, time is precious. So let's spend it in ways that really serve us and those around us as often as possible. So the first thing I think is really, really important when it comes to getting stuff done is to make sure that we're actually getting the right things done. The reality that we all need to accept is that we can't do everything. There simply isn't enough time to do every single one of the things we think might be nice if we could do. We are only one person. So just like we only budget money that we actually have, hopefully, we need to actually budget time similarly. We need to only budget time that we actually have and not commit to more than we actually have the bandwidth for. In order to figure out what makes the cut and what doesn't, we need to prioritize. I had a bit of an aha moment about this this past weekend. I was following a recipe to make some roasted chickpeas, and part of the recipe said something like, spend a few minutes pulling the skins off as many chickpeas as possible before tossing it in the oil and spices. And so, of course, perfectionist me, I start this process and I'm determined to peel the skin off every single chickpea. And about 20 or 30 minutes pass, I am still working through this mountain of chickpeas, individually removing the skin from each, when I realized, wait a second, I just spent half an hour, that's a pretty sizable amount of my time for the day, removing skins from chickpeas, so that, what, my chickpeas might be slightly more crunchy? But probably I wouldn't even notice the difference. I'm going to be honest, it wasn't easy for me, but I finally decided to stop then and there, removing the skins, and just toss the rest of the chickpeas in, get them coated in oil and spices, and pop them in the oven. Because actually, when I get in touch with what my priorities are, there are so, so, so many things that are more important to me than optimizing my roasted chickpeas, which, by the way, were delicious. I would rather spend that 30 minutes with my kids, with my dog, reading a book, hanging out with Kate. I mean, on the list of my priorities, peeling chickpeas actually comes in pretty low. So when it comes to getting clear on your priorities, I think there's a couple of things that I would suggest you would do. First, decide how much time you actually want to spend and can spend working. For me right now, my schedule with the new baby is that I work from 9 a.m. to 4.45 p.m. every day, and that's pretty much it. 
So I need to make sure that everything that needs to get done in a week can fit into that time frame. Second, we want to get clear on what our big one to two goals are for our business right now. This is super important because we need to be prioritizing activities that are directly moving us toward those goals. If posting on social media every single day isn't the top activity that's creating results toward our goals, that cannot be prioritized above the activities that actually do make a big difference toward our goals. By the way, you can also do this with your personal life. What are your biggest priorities in your personal life? Getting clear on that and what activities are most likely to support those goals is a good way of helping you figure out what you have time and room for in your life and what you don't. So after you do this exercise, we know what time we have and what our business goals are. The next step in this process is to make a big brain dump of everything we feel like we need to do. A brain dump is one of my all-time favorite tools. Anytime I feel scattered or overwhelmed, One of the best things I can do is to simply sit down at my desk with a notebook and a pen and write down every single thing that comes to my mind as a task, a to-do, something stressing me out, whatever's in my brain, write it down. I don't filter myself. I just get it all out on paper. When I have my list, it's time to go through it and organize it. So a few questions that I would ask yourself when you're going through this list. One, is there anything on this list that I can simply choose not to do and delete altogether? Cross those things out. Is there anything on this list that someone besides me can do? What on this list does not need to happen right now? Where can I schedule it into my calendar in the future? What on this list needs to happen right now? What is the priority rank order? So one way of getting at this is a tool called the Eisenhower Matrix, as President Eisenhower was said to have used this process. It's also called the Urgent Important Matrix, and it was popularized in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The Eisenhower matrix is a simple four quadrant matrix you draw on a piece of paper. In the episode description, I'll link to a visual of the matrix you can view or download just in case that makes this easier to follow. So to make your matrix, you're going to divide a piece of paper into four equal size quadrants, two rows, two columns. Label the columns across the top urgent and not urgent, and then label the rows on the left important and not important. Again, this is best visualized, so go look at the PDF to see it. This is going to end up with four boxes. You're going to have one box that is urgent and important. These are deadlines, fires to put out, crises, and pressing problems. Items in this quadrant are your top priority. These items need to get to work on first, and any activity that directly supports your goals needs to be considered important. Note this. The next quadrant is things that are not urgent, but they are important planning, strategic work, relationship building. These things are not urgent and they're easy to put off pretty much indefinitely, but they're actually really critical that we don't. The magic of this system, the Eisenhower matrix, is that it doesn't let us forever delay things that are important, but don't have a sense of urgency attached to them. Items in this category are very important to the success of our businesses, and they do need to be prioritized. We're going to schedule these things into our calendar. Again, any important activity that directly supports our goals needs to be considered important. Then there's a quadrant that is urgent and not important. Things here might be some of your phone calls, emails, meetings, interruptions. These are often distractions that might feel important in the moment, but they usually aren't. We want to delay or delegate these when we can. And finally, we've got a box of things of both not urgent and not important busy work, time-wasting meetings, etc. Usually this stuff doesn't actually need to happen. Make the decision to not do it. So whether or not you use the Eisenhower matrix method, the point is to go through your list and actively choose not to do some of the things. 
see where you can get help on other things, and then end up with a smaller list that is actually in order of priority. So to recap a little bit so far, we're clear on our priorities, we've done a brain dump, and now we've gone through the list from that brain dump and tried to make some sense of it. Here is where the magic really starts to happen. We're going to actually put these tasks into our calendar. No, they will not live on a giant to-do list, they will live on our calendar. If this sounds overly simplistic, do not overestimate how powerful this is. This is probably the number one most important, impactful concept that I'm sharing with you today. If it's in your calendar, you know you have time for it, and you will be much, much, much more likely to do it. From our prioritize list, we've got two kinds of tasks to break it down into. First, we're going to make a list of all the things that need to get done every single week. If there are tasks that didn't make it onto your brain dump, but that you know need to happen every week, now is the time to add those. Then make a list of all the other tasks on your plate. These are not things that happen every week, but do need to happen. And we're going to order those in rank of priority. So again, if there are important activities that you want to be doing that will help move you toward your goals, make sure that those are reflected here. Now, for every task on either one of these lists, we're going to assign an amount of time that it takes to get that task done. Now, you want to err on the side of leaving extra room here. So for example, for me, to prepare a public podcast episode takes me about two hours or so, but sometimes longer. So we put three hours in there. Maybe I need to check my email once a day and I need 30 minutes for that, but I'll give myself 45 minutes to be safe. The point is that you definitely want to leave yourself extra time because at the end of each day, we want to have actually been able to finish everything we put on our calendar. So now looking at our two lists of tasks with time estimates, let's start with our every week tasks and plug those into our actual calendar. Of course, work around anything in there that's already scheduled. And after we do that, add in however many of the tasks that are high priority you can fit based on the time remaining. I like to do this scheduling in Google Calendar because it's really easy to drag and drop things around and play with how everything is laid out. One thing that I really like about this method is that it forces us to set ourselves up for success. No more to-do list for the week that has 500 tasks on it that we have no chance of ever getting through. With this approach, we are setting ourselves up to actually get the things done we want to get done, and if they're in their calendar, they should actually be able to get done. Since I started doing this, and full disclosure, I've been doing this with someone on my team, Mary, who helps assign everything to a time spot. I've started getting stuff done well in advance instead of the last minute, and I feel so good at the end of the day with what I've gotten done. I cannot tell you how priceless that feeling is. So two more things to add to this strategy. One thing we've been doing is making the calendar aesthetically pleasing. We're naming the tasks with an emoji that represents the task right at the beginning of the name. And you can also change the color for each calendar item in Google Calendar if you want to. This might seem silly, but it is pleasing to me to look at, and that's going to make me much more likely to use it. Another thing is that after I accomplish the task, I change the emoji to a green check mark. So as the day goes on and the week goes on and I'm doing things on schedule, I see those check marks piling up in my calendar, and it is super satisfying. If things don't get completely finished at the end of the day, we'll just find a block of time in the future, even if it means we have to move other stuff around. Okay, so at this stage, we are clear on what actually needs to get done. Now, what can we do now that our tasks are actually in our calendar to make sure that we follow through on them? So I have a bunch of ideas for you. Buckle up. Number one, let's talk about a couple of mindset topics. One of the reasons that we don't take action is that we're worried we won't be able to do it well or at the level that we think we should. 
Some of the most powerful permission I give myself daily is to do things imperfectly. I remind myself that it is so much more important to let it get done than to have it done perfectly, which of course will never happen. I embrace imperfectionism and I wholeheartedly encourage you to do the same. I know it's not easy. That perfectionistic instinct is always with me, but consciously choosing to do what I can to move on from it has been a big shift for me. Along the same lines, in general, just trying to set a lower bar for yourself is really powerful. Just like the fact that not everything you create or put out into the world has to be perfect, lower your expectations of how much you can get done in a single day. You don't have to get 15 things done every single day to make huge progress in your business. Make sure that when you get started on a workday, that what's on your calendar to work on is actually achievable. Trust me, it feels so good to get to the end of your workday and be like, wow, I did everything on my calendar on my list for the day. So we've got our mindset right now in terms of embracing imperfectionism and setting a lower bar. Another thing for me that has been mind-blowingly effective has been accountability. One of the things about being a small business owner is that typically in the beginning, we work alone. We don't have a boss setting deadlines for us or coworkers who we're working together with. We're just out here on our own trying to make stuff happen. And while working on our own, it's great and fun and the autonomy is magical. For many of us, it makes it a lot harder to actually get stuff done because we've lost that outside accountability that helps put just a little bit of gentle pressure on us to actually follow through. But guess what? You don't need a boss or coworkers in order to have accountability. There are so many ways that you can build this in. A few ideas. First, you can build accountability with your audience. So tell your audience on Instagram or email what you're working on and then tell them that you're going to report back on your progress later in the week. You can also build in accountability with other small business owners. You can set up a Zoom call where you do work together virtually side by side. You can go hang out and meet in a coffee shop, or you could even have a shared task manager to keep you all on track. This is so effective that accountability is a core part of my membership program, making good happen. We have an accountability tracker, co-working sessions, all kinds of other ways that we can hold each other accountable. If you're interested in that, head to makinggoodhappen.co. You can also hold yourself accountable with a family or friend and list someone to be your accountability buddy, even if they're not another small business owner. Tell them what you're working on and give them permission to check back in with you on that deadline. And finally, with your team. So if you do happen to have anyone who works with you in your business, I would highly recommend having them hold you accountable. Mary on my team, for example, is really holding me to all of my tasks, going as far as to actually be the person to put in my calendar what I have to work on when. And then she sees me check things off as I go, because on the calendar items, I actually change them to a check mark when I've gotten them done. This has been super motivating for me. So I can't stress this enough. Accountability is magic. It really is. If you haven't tried it and you struggle with following through, I could not encourage you enough to give this a shot. Okay, so finally, we have made our plan. We have accountability. We're sitting down to do the work. How do you stay focused and on track? At this point, I want to share my two ingredient magic recipe for focus. I use two things, focus music and the Pomodoro technique. Focus music is what I'm listening to as I put together my thoughts for this very episode and for any work, really. For me, focus music is an absolute must. The idea with focus music is to be listening to music or sounds that are scientifically optimized to keep your brain in the zone. It might sound out there, but it is wild how well it works. I use a tool called Focus at Will. There's another one called Brain.fm. Those are both paid tools. 
but you can also find free focus playlists on YouTube or Spotify, play around with a few different types until you land on something that works and then watch the productivity magic unfold. If you do happen to try focus at will, let me know and I can DM you my favorite channels. Currently, as I'm putting together thoughts for this episode, I'm listening to one called The Deep on Warm Setting. Now, the second piece of this recipe for focus is the Pomodoro Technique. This is the idea of working in short bursts of focused work followed by some time for rest. Most often, a Pomodoro is 25 minutes of focused work followed by a five-minute break. It is amazing how much we can get done in 25 minutes of focused work time. And it's pretty easy to get yourself to work knowing that in just 25 short minutes, you're going to get to take a break. I set a timer directly in Focus at Will, but you could use an iPhone timer or go to a free Pomodoro website. I'll link to one in the show notes if you want to check it out. I want to say something about both of these methods, Focus Music and Pomodoro methods. These two things have been helping me stay focused for a long time. I've been using the Pomodoro technique for over a decade, and I've been using Focus at Will for about eight years. That's probably one of the longest times I've stuck with any tool ever. I stick with these strategies because they work, not because I'm naturally a super, super consistent person. If you have not given them a try, please do. They might just change everything for you. Okay, so that is what I have to say about how to actually get work done. Let me sum it up for you. Getting stuff done is all about number one, getting clear on how much time you have for work. Number two, getting clear on what your goals and priorities are. Number three, making a big list of everything on your mind and everything you need to do. Number four, prioritizing that list. Number five, blocking the high priority tasks into your calendar. Number six, letting yourself do tasks imperfectly and setting a low bar for yourself. Number seven, building in accountability with other people to make your follow through much more likely. And number eight, using focus tools like focus music or the Pomodoro technique to stay on track. So there you have my take on how to actually get things done. How does this land with you? Did you have any ahas or other takeaways? I would so love to hear from you. Connect with me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. You can find the show notes from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 199. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful for your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. First, I'd be honored for you to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. Second, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode is at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 199. And finally, take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.